The life of the actor, it never ends. That's why you listen to Freelance Pretend with Missy Pyle and Chris Grace and friends. Okay, at Missy's behest, we just started recording while I was trying to explain to our guest how the podcast works. (laughs) I want to know how you guys know each other for real. Well, we went to college. At the North Carolina School of the Arts. College together. Okay. We did. We did. That's exciting. What plays did we do yet? We Shadow of a Gunman by Sean O'Casey. Shadow of a Gunman. <laughs> we were both did Irish Both accents. did our Irish accents. And then we did Cloud Nine, probably our favorite play by Carol Churchill. Fun. Did you both enjoy going to North Carolina School of the Arts? Yeah. We did. I did. I did very much. How many were in your class? And were you in the same class? Yes. We did our we did a showcase scene together at the New York Agent Showcase. We did a scene from Annie Hall. Yeah. Oh my gosh, adorable. We were like It was fun. It was our it was where we both We like there. saw Annie Hall and we're like Annie Hall's good but we could do better. <laughs> I yeah, I have no doubt you did guys. better. Let me ask you a question. So do you remember where your New York showcase took place? Ooh, I, I don't oh. remember because. Did you do one too? Is that what's going to. Well, let's point? introduce our guests since we started talking. I, I did. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is Freelance Pretend. Our guest is Janie Haddad Tompkins. Hi, that's me. Amazing actor, artist, writer. And just as since we're talking about colleges, I did a little research. Janie went to SMU. <laughs> I did. Wait, what? When did you go to SMU? I went. Uh, You don't have to tell the exact year if you don't want to. But I was going to go there. I had my sheet. Like I was literally going to go. Well, I didn't get into the undergrad. But then when I auditioned for the grad program, that's when I went. So I went to undergrad at University of South Carolina. And actually, that's why I thought of Janie is our first guest ever on this podcast. What? Come on. And the main reason I thought of Janie was (laughs) we were supposed to record last week and Missy was in South Carolina. So where I was, were I was in South Carolina. Yeah. yeah, which is where I grew up. So where were you in South Carolina? I have to get all the information. Yeah. I was in a town outside of Greenville called Easley where my mother lives. No way, your mom. And it was her 80th <gasps> birthday. Oh, how nice so, to see her on her 80th. It's a shenanigan. I, yeah, it was the Thursday was the 80th. Well, I would have rather done a podcast with you. <laughs> sure, but tra- but you were traveling and you were but now you're back on the West Coast. Is that correct? I'm back. On okay. The thing I'm trying to set y'all up as South Carolina travel buddies. <laughs> yeah, really. We need That's to become. That's what this is about. That's what this. I think that'd be great. Uh, so wait, I vaguely yes, remember yeah. the New York theater that we did the showcase in. I believe it was on the West Side. Was it like a like a small black box kind of situation? No, it was kind of like a sort of nice ish. But see, the thing here's the problem is I'm I'm conflating that memory with later when I went to see later. I have been conflating all day. Oh, this is a visit from our Irish friend from Shadow <laughs> from of a Gunman. Just I just, the word conflating, it feels like, oh, conflating. outside conflating with, uh, I've been conflating with the flowers Have earlier. you been conflating <laughs> with the flowers? So where, did you do a, a, new, a graduate SMU showcase? I did. I and did where, one. where was that? Um, we did we did a New York and a Los Angeles one. 
and I wow. did not end up getting any nipples mm-hmm. <laughs> or representation at all. Well, we didn't do an L.A. one. Uh, and our school was like, of course, you're not going to do an, a Los Angeles one. Why would you want to do that? And it's so right. insane now. It's just like, what are you talking about? We should have right, come like to- Now you should have done every market. You should yeah. do like Chicago. You Atlanta. should do LA. You should go to, all- yeah, Atlanta. New oh my Orleans gosh. Market. Yes, totally, right? In fact, we should plan a showcase for ourselves. Let's do an adult Let's, adult actor showcase. Listen, I'm so you're welcome. I'm full. I'm fine with it. Wait, so let me catch you up. If you're not, if you're not, if you didn't go to a conservatory arts training school, a lot of these places, which I'm the only, we only allow audience members <laughs> to listen. Yes, if you, then you should unsubscribe. We get a lot of sponsorship, but uh, you should. Yeah, you have to yeah. have gone to. If you didn't go to conservatory, delete this podcast and load up Smartless from your Wondery app. Um, <laughs> so. A showcase is where you take all the seniors from a drama program. In our case, there were 12 that made it to the end. And mm-hmm. you present scenes in front of agents and industry. And when we did it, the industry had these little sheets, little check boxes that could say, um, call yes. you in for an interview or send me your resume. Yes. Or nothing. And, yes. Uh, now and we, it would, nowadays, it would be like an app, right? Probably. Yeah, for sure. Like a swipe left or right. They should, yeah, it should just be Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, um, and you do two, ours was you do two scenes. Well, ours was as well. A couple people get to sing. I don't remember if Missy sang. I oh. did sing. What I did sang, you sing? I sang a song from a Ruthless the Musical. You did? What did you sing? I sang, uh, do you know the musical? Yes, I saw you do it in Galveston, Texas. I don't know the uh, musical. It's about a little girl who um, kills some, like someone in her class to be in the school play because the girl gets a. It's like a, oh, it's all like the about Bad Seed or something. All it's about, about Eve. all about Eve and the Bad Seed had yeah. a baby. It was this music. It's like a you know. It a sounds kind of fun. Musical. It was very. It sounds fun. funny, kind of. I mean, in a dark, you know, darkly funny. What was the song? Yeah. And can you sing the whole thing it was right now? Where Tina gets it from? Yes. And five, six, seven, eight. Uh, can't sing a note. Is that right? <laughs> and anyway, yeah, that was that. Okay, do all of Goblin Market right now. <laughs> Missy did it. I'm going to murder you. Song from a thing called Goblin Market. I'm going to murder you halfway through. <laughs> I'm going to start driving to your house and murder you. Um, so when we did our showcase, similarly, Janie, I, I was very happy because I got, I believe, three interviews. Stop it. That's out of our showcase. Missy, how many interviews did you get? Uh, listen, I don't want to. I don't want to. Did you get like ten? No, she got like twenty-five. <laughs> Missy, come on. Listen, I uh, listen. I don't know what to tell you. I peaked. Like I told you, I peaked. Well, I peaked. That was my peak. What happened? I peaked. She's. Oh wait. I, I, what can I remember? I'm going to answer for. It. She signed with. Uh, you signed. Oh my god. Like, yeah. Wait. You didn't sign like, with. This is like a dream when you're coming out of drama school oh. to like sign with a representation. I mean, come on. It was kind of a dream. Well, you sign, you didn't sign with Harder Manning Wu. No. You didn't sign with Duva Flack. No. Did you sign with Abrams? Th- I mean, or we remember these. Like I've literally, like I remember, like the getting out of. Like I don't remember what happened. I did, did today. Yeah. But I remember all of this so vividly. Um, I signed with Paradigm. Paradigm. No way. Look at you. And then, so did you move to New York right off the... Yes, a bunch of us moved together. Okay. We drove a a truck to the village together. You too, Chris. You were there. Uh You were doing the New York... 
our friends Benham and Rick, I believe Avery was there too. Ryan Black. Ryan Black. The, that summer, uh, Missy's first job after that was Broadway. doing... Broadway. No, was That's doing... Wait, my first job was doing... I was working at the um, Jekyll and Hyde Club. Oh, that's right. And you got your equity card from working at a I remember that. Oh, I didn't? remember the I... Jekyll and Hyde car that would drive through the village. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Oh, but you could get your card there, right? Yes, you could. You could. Oh, wow. But I worked at the one, the uptown one, which was like, you know, 57th and 6th. Okay. So it was like three floors of entertainment. And I played Madame New with this like... You know, she had like a spider on her head. Oh my <laughs> gosh. This is so fun. I love this. I love this. So what, your, what was your first play that you did that summer? I did a play at, actually at SUNY Purchase. Oh. I did a, there's one in every marriage was the first play I did. Oh, I thought you did Steppenwolf. The second play was The second play was oh, wow. Steppenwolf. The play was <laughs> The Libertine starring John Malkovich. Stop it. Come on, Missy. In my defense. You should have I your did. own podcast of just talking about your life after college. That's kind of what this podcast is. <laughs> Seriously. It was amazing. Come on. But I will say um, I was a little out of my league. I don't think I got very good reviews. No way. John Malkovich scary. was out of his league. I know. Malkovich That's is. That's what I you, think. Janie. Thank yes. you so much. Let's call him. Malkovich <laughs> sucks. He had an earpiece in his ear. Couldn't remember his lines. And yeah, were, come on. You carried you him You were probably show. like doing the, all the work. <laughs> I did carry him. That's very true. Um, Martha Plimpton was in the play. I love Martha. People love Martha Plimpton. She was a lot of fun. She also, I did, I did also later go on to get fired from Shakespeare in the Park. <laughs> okay, so why and how? I was doing because I was wrongly cast in a Midsummer Night's Dream. Just kidding. Um, you were Helena. You were Helen. Yeah, Helena. I was Hel- <laughs> you would be the tall. I would think, right? Yeah, I was perfectly cast, but I it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't going very well. And um, she took over from me. Oh, really? Wait, Martha but did? Then, yeah. I think her, it was Dan, Daniel Sullivan was directing All it. All right. And then um, he fired me. Oh. Do you want me to find him and tell him that he sucks and make, made a mistake? Because that's bullshit. You know what happened to him before they opened? What? Or maybe it happened later. He did fall through a trap door. <gasps> they do stage. say karma is a bitch. Pun- punctured a lung. Oh, oh well. no. Well, that's a, that's a little much. That's Missy. a lot of karma for firing <laughs> someone, but okay. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Janie a little bit. Oh, God. Since no. you're the guest. <laughs> I was having so much fun. Oh, I'm so about sorry. You we have to guys. do this real quick. Just because Janie, I. I, I <laughs> have had the pleasure of working with Janie uh, in a play that we took to the Edinburgh Fringe. But also, during pandemic, she has taken full advantage of her creative output and started Mm -hmm. her own hit podcast, The Stay F. Homkins. Correct. I mean, what is going on? I don't know. I I, I don't even know why we're doing... Why aren't we just on their podcast? I mean, (laughs) we could. Do you guys have guests? We don't have guests, but... You know, oh, yeah. You could. Wow. I mean, it seems like the it's focused on the Homekins, the, the life it's part focused, of it. It's like a married couple situation. It's like we sit and talk and try not to, mm-hmm. you know, go insane. I guess. Yeah, I mean, what could? It's a conversation I mean, podcast between you and like your husband Paul. Like I, 
think that you two are some of the people that I would love to hear conversations from. So that's you know? nice. To, that's very nice of you to say. And mm. we I do. Your merch is incredible. Our merch is incredible. Who designs your merch? <laughs> well, this is so interesting. We so there is a wonderful couple who have a shop in West Virginia and they're called mm. Kinship Goods. It's the name of the shop. Okay. And they're like the coolest, like hippest, most creative, like chill, artsy couple ever. And yeah. they had reached out early in our podcast and I was familiar with their stuff because I have family from West Virginia. And I was originally born in West Virginia. I, West Virginia is beautiful. And, and this this family, that this kinship company, they make amazing okay. stuff. Kinship Goods makes amazing stuff. So early in the podcast, I was familiar with them because I had bought my brother a shirt from a West Virginia shirt from there because it was cool. And they reached out early on the podcast and they were like, we want to buy a commercial, like an ad to run on the podcast. And I was like, what? Like they listen to our podcast. Like I couldn't believe it. Like I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Like Kinship Goods? <laughs> what? And I was like, what if this is a funny idea? Haha. <laughs> what if instead of an ad, we collaborate and create like some merch and they were like that would be awesome and then we just like cut a deal where they make all our merch and then like we share the profits it's such (laughs) cool stuff I so, feel like you really get a grade A for just living. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. And living through this podcast. I mean, not podcast. Well, and living through this podcast. And this one, too. But I, I meant to say this uh, pandemic. Did you call the whole pandemic a podcast just now? <laughs> well, I me- I, the I pandemic meant- is a is- I mean, the pandemic is like the worst kind of podcast, I guess. It's a never it's ending. A never. It's one long podcast. Deadly podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And we're just all sub-podcasts. Like, any conversation now is just technically a part of the bigger podcast. That's probably true. Probably true. So, I want to buy some of this Stay of Homekins merch. And I just okay. need you to quickly explain what these jokes are or in in references. Because mm-hmm. I love this Piggly Wiggly Y'all shirt. Yes. Where'd that come from? Well, okay. So, that's from an early story in the pandemic because, like, ba- or in the podcast. Um, so, when we go, when my husband, Paul, and I visit South Carolina, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he sort of had this running joke where he would do this character where this, uh, I don't know how it started. I'm going to mess this up. He's, this is, it happened organically in the podcast. So I'm going to mess this up. But essentially, like, these girls were, we saw these girls, like, going out. And they were on their way to the, it was in front of the Piggly Wiggly or something. And he just like spontaneously created this character where he was like, y'all, them girls are going to get up into some trouble at the Piggly Wiggly tonight. (laughs) And then it became like this running thing. And then people really just thought it was hilarious on the podcast. And so they were always like, y'all, y'all going to get up into some trouble on the podcast tonight. So it became like this sort of like catchphrase character-y thing, I guess, if you will. And so the first merch was the design of the Piggly Wiggly Y'all sweatshirt. Gotcha. Is like, there's a sweatshirt and a t-shirt. Because I yeah. feel, that's the one that I think I want to buy. That's the one buy. you like the most? Well, because, yeah. I mean, Missy and I are both from Texas, uh, which we don't have a ton of Piggly Wigglies, but 
I, the idea of wearing a shirt that just y'all in Texas. <laughs> y'all. Is, we I had one in when I lived in uh, Memphis, outside of t- in Memphis, Tennessee. We had Piggly Wiggly. Uh-huh. Oh, you had the Piggly well, yeah. Wiggly out there, yeah. I'm pretty sure we had some in North Carolina as well. Oh, I'm yeah, sure you did in North did. Carolina. I think we did, yeah. In, a, in Winn-Dixie's. Maybe I'm thinking about oh, yeah, when we were in Winston-Salem. I don't know. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I would recommend the sweatshirt over the t-shirt just because they make the best sweatshirts. Ooh. This is like weirdly turned into an advertisement for It really is. Merch, well, also, we're in I prime, uh, unexpectedly, very cold weather right now. <laughs> That's true. It is cold. Sweatshirt is a really LA. good idea. It's um, colder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's what, the 30s at night? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was in 30s in Los Angeles. That's unheard of and not That's why weird. we moved here. Exactly. Exactly. I moved here for the um, for the drought. And, uh-huh. um, <laughs> you moved here to make the drought worse. I moved here to make and the, the, housing worse, the housing crisis, and crisis the homelessness, um, the excess, the expensive taxes. The uh, yes, and um, and just generally the mostly the fire season as well. I forgot about <laughs> that. Don't forget fire Almost season. forgot about that. But. Don't forget Santa Ana winds and allergies. Don't forget. Well, uh, also new development. Earthquake. earthquake. And, oh. But mainly I moved here for um, how the industry is, is mostly here right now. For well, you moved here also for the integrity of the industry and how the industry really honors the artist. Yes. In I a could, way that I others could not have said it better myself, Christopher. In a way where I mean, it really puts artisans and creativity first above everything else. Here, I it thought. really does. Speaking of the industry, do you guys find that you have had pure experiences in Los Angeles in terms of like creative endeavors, like, or do you feel like you're just kind of at the mercy of what commercially? Does that make sense as a question? Yeah, yeah I mean, let me answer quick because Missy has more. My my weird feeling is sometimes, sometimes when a project Missy will just have has so much to say. Yeah, so sometimes when a project has more money and commercialism behind it, I have found sometimes it's actually more fun to do those than like sometimes you do like an in, it helps somebody needs help with their short film or whatever, and yeah. you get treated worse. <laughs> Can you give yeah. us some examples? Um, yeah, I'll send you some Vim- Vimeo links. Well, <laughs> I did have, I've had things where I like help someone do a short film and I'm not getting paid or something. And the I just remember having people talk to me in ways that were so condescending on small, you know, little shoots. And then mm. like the next day going to like NBC Universal and having people be like, happy to see me. <laughs> You know? So like, so you felt so at times you felt more respected on like projects where yeah. there was sort of a like a machine behind it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think I think I also go into these things feeling like there's probably some entitlement of like, well, I'm doing you a favor by being in this or whatever, and I'm probably not doing <laughs> them a favor. <laughs> um, but I think I think there are sort of pure creative experiences to be found. A lot of it has been in the comedy world. Mm-hmm. A lot of delightful podcasts i've done you know mm-hmm. like this whole pandemic podcast is going great like podcasting you find is pure creatively pro- in the comedy world because you do like a lot of improv like comedy improv yeah i mean i love so improv that's... i mean i got to do paul's podcast which is truly one of the most fun things i've ever done the, the neighborhood uh, listen no spontaneous nation yeah yeah 
which I wish was still going. Improv. What yeah. did you What did you two do together in Edinburgh? Bruh. We were in a play. Go ahead, Janie. We were in a stage play, a straight play. I, uh, uh, just like a, an original comedic uh, dramedy-ish mm-hmm. play um, that uh, these friends of ours wrote and Chris played a child like a toddler in mm-hmm. it okay um and he was like a difficult toddler that and it was about this woman <laughs> <laughs> this woman's journey um with motherhood and being in Los Angeles and feeling judged and I played like a judgy uh school mom because that's who, sort of my thing. Who you guess, are deep yeah. down. That's who I am deep inside, yeah. I understand. <laughs> Janie that played well. a sort of archetype of like, and I can't remember if this came up in the show, but like uh, the whenever I go to Gelson's, <laughs> the people that I think shop at Gelson's, yeah. <laughs> which is a very expensive supermarket here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got to. Yeah. And also, I on stage, I only play children. Like Cloud Nine, <laughs> the play Cloud but Nine. The, but, but the but you were also doing other shows at Edinburgh because Chris is like, he's like an Edinburgh like expert. I mean, mm. he goes and does. And I remember because that was my first time ever attending the Edinburgh Festival. I've never and, been. Oh my gosh, it it's was so overwhelming too because the festival is so large. First of all, I think there's something like three thousand. Uh, different sh- uh, shows wow. that are running simultaneously for a month. So even if you had every like a million dollars and every day to be in Edinburgh for a solid month, you st- could only. I think we did the math. You could barely like, you could barely see ten percent of the. If you were going hard, like, mm-hmm. and and you did that, you saw like show. You saw a bunch of shows every day. Yeah, I always, I always saw a lot of shows at Edinburgh until like maybe the year after I started producing stuff. And once you produce plays, then like your energy level goes way down. Oh, I can imagine. But yeah. we were staying in um, a part of Edinburgh where uh, J.K. Rowling used to live. Wait, we were? Yeah, that that like nice area. She didn't live there when we l- were staying there, but that was her old neighborhood apparently. I it was like very that posh. neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, very nice. We were roommates. That's right. There were five of us sharing a flat in that was there, there five of us? I think so, Maybe yeah. Total, yeah, five of us sharing a flat. And how many and performances other do you get? We we performed every day except for two days the entire wow. festival. We yep. had two days off. And, um, and Eric came as a sort of across the board. Eric, my husband, came as a sort of across the board uh, male understudy. And, and we one day, him. yeah, one day, uh, one of our actors couldn't Just, do it. Like, and Eric had like two hours notice, <laughs> and he jumped in there. He did, did a great he job. Knew, he he totally knew the whole show. That's um, incredible. Yeah. Have either yeah. of you been an understudy? No, I haven't. No, I have not. That looks like a lot of work, like very hard work and scary. I I feel like you would need to have like nerves of steel to be an understudy. Yeah. Like like almost like more confidence than just being the part in the show to begin with. Because mm-hmm. you have to jump you out there have, and be like, Ta-da! You have to have yeah. like full fake it till you make it energy. <laughs> like, yeah. Off the charts levels. It of seems that. like a secondary skill on top of just the performance skill have you well, done it yeah have oh, you 
I did not, but I did go in for uh, one of our other castmates was doing a play and somebody couldn't do it. And he wanted me to go in that day and he, or the night before. And he was like, well, I, you, you have like 24 hours to learn it. Oh, um, this was our friend Stoney and I, I couldn't learn it. And I just <laughs> carried a clipboard and read it. Yeah. Because I was like, uh, 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 but I have those nightmares. Hours is not a, not a lot. Do you all have? Do you, either of you have those nightmares though? Like where you're like, yes. I don't have my script. Yes. I can't find it. I need to look at some. I just need to quickly look at this monologue again. Can I please look at? You don't have the script. Does anybody have the script? Like nobody has it. The and it's like, oh my! I can hear the line. Come, I don't know what the line is. I have that actually on a regular basis. Do you really? I feel like I do. I don't know. Maybe it was just one. Yeah. And it was. I mean, I can relate to that. Um, Janie, you talked about having like a secondary skill. Um, and I think one of the challenges as an actor is like, you're supposed to be like an actor and be able to be on stage or in front of a camera and portray a character. But then like, we're required to have all these other skills. Like auditioning is a separate skill. Absolutely. Um, but uh, how has that been for you? Because also you are a writer as well. Yes, well, I'm I am trying to kind of like move into the writing space. And I find it hard uh to have like room for all of it. You know what I mean? Uh do you mean time-wise or like mentally or both? Well, like kind of both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of both. Like uh like this week I want to be working on writing and I have like auditions I have to learn and get taped and blah 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 yeah so like i feel like pulled away mentally and stuff yeah yeah i feel like but i feel like i've I've been trying to uh work i feel like there's so much that we're supposed to do we're we're obviously not ever like you know working for 20 years at the same job unless you're extremely lucky i mean that's so rare so like we're there we're constantly having to to figure out what else we're going to do and yeah. I find it extremely hard. And I had a big powwow with my manager at the beginning of the year. And she was sort of like, well, what do you want? What do you want? What's your five year, your one year? I mean, all of that, that horrible, like, what do you want? And where do you see yourself in five years? And she was like, I really want you to look. And like, if, if money wasn't an obstacle if, and nothing was an obstacle, what would you do? And I was, and it's, it's a very hard thing for me. Because I am good at like going into uh, and auditioning for something, but even taping it is a skill I'm not that great at. I'm so, shitty at well, sending it, and I'm terrible <laughs> at self promotion. Wait, you're bad at just the email part? Well, I, I, well for, uh, the, the, I can't figure out the Dropbox or the you know, <laughs> okay. transfer and the email drop and all that shit. I can help you with. Wow, well, I, I hope I, that's I, not what's holding you back at this point. <laughs> like, I will say, first of all, I'm impressed that your manager asked you that that question like I feel like that's a very in like emotionally intelligent conversation to have with a client and I feel like it's not like I don't feel like a lot of reps uh I don't have a manager right now so I feel like I can insult managers <laughs> but like <laughs> the I whole feel category like, <laughs> yeah but like the but like I feel like a lot of managers would be more like just looking right in front of you as opposed to kind of like shaping this five. I mean, that's like a huge, that's a great 
conversation to have she, with yourself she, as yeah, well as with your it rep. has been and it was it was actually something I was very afraid of and then I looked at it and then I and I what I found was and one of the things I really wanted to talk to Chris about um, with you specifically I'm mean, not just you specifically but with people when they come on this show because to me um so much about where you end up as an actor is how you handle like all the failure of it you know it's such mm-hmm. a huge amount of failure mm-hmm. and for me just it was so hard to actually write down what I want. I think it's almost hard to say that I even wanted more than just for someone to hire me. Right. Like I honestly mm-hmm. didn't dream bigger that like understand how to create things for my, like that, that would be something that I would eventually do. And I find it hard to take, to believe that I can do that. If that makes sense, like to actually sit and write the stuff down was hard because on some level, I just putting it down was like this. It has to be this. And I was like, you can change your mind. You can edit it. It can be anything. But it was very hard for me to allow myself to actually, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if it makes any sense, but to actually. No, I feel, I feel like I understand what you're, I, I think part of like when you're talking about the failure, to me, what you're talking about specifically is a lot of the, is just rejection. Yes. Because yes. we have to, we, we put ourselves in the line of fire, like rejection and stuff. And then that kind of messes with like your sense of like healthy entitlement in terms of like, well, wait a minute, like other people get to do like create their own projects and get them greenlit and blah, blah, blah. Like, why can't I, you know, I don't know. Like, I feel like I've been in that same mental cycle, the exact same mental cycle that you're just, yes. I mean, maybe I'm in it right now even <laughs> I mean maybe I don't know knock knock we're outside your door hi uh, I mean it's just really familiar is what I'm saying really really familiar yeah yeah I don't know like I just I feel like a lot of being an actor is is developing the skill of processing and depersonalizing rejection in a way that doesn't impact like your energy level or or your your level of creative output i was just saying something to my therapist mm-hmm. uh first of all here saying, we go i was saying i was saying you first of all I was saying you charge too much uh, <laughs> uh no i was saying like uh hey you know like i don't uh i don't really want to like put myself out there because what if i send out like a hundred things and only 10 of them people respond that they you know and i don't understand how people who are more ambitious or extroverted or whatever do it and then like as i was talking i realized so like oh an extrovert probably doesn't care if they put out the 100 things and they only get 10 back they're probably just like hey that's the ratio like you just gotta you gotta eat that many you gotta eat 90 rejections to get the 10 there's some i mean they do say and they do say like it only takes one yes out of a thousand no's, it only takes one yes. And I remember when I was in college mm-hmm. at the North Carolina School of the Arts with you, Chris, and I was living with Mel Salvatore, and I feel like somehow in our bathroom we had the that there that famous I don't know if you I mean it was famous the, of how many times Abraham Lincoln was told no. Oh, you know, it's just he was rejected from this. There's so many different things. It's like. Um, even find it and read well it. to be fair he's a hard type to cast he's very tall <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's why he made his own work. Yeah. Like, that's why he did that, like, Gettysburg. <laughs> yeah. Was I mean, Gettysburg, thing. he took. That was, like, his thing, you know? Like, the only he... way anyone's going to get this is if I'm the president. Otherwise, yeah. he was like, like no I pitched way. Gettysburg Gross. address, like, all over town, and right. no one wanted it. So I just did it. He's like, <laughs> get it. Totally viral. Gettysburg, like, really caught on once, like, a bunch of soldiers died at Gettysburg. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and there really wasn't an Abraham Lincoln type until he came along, which is great. <laughs> and then it was all like totally Abraham Lincoln type. I know. And then they were Send like, "Send me all your Abraham Lincoln type." I, I mean, have you, do you? I don't know if you remember that that cliche of the um, like the five steps an actor goes through, which is like, "Who is Helen Hayes?" Uh, like, get me Helen Hayes. Get me a young Helen Hayes. And, and then the last one is, is who Hayes? is Helen Hayes? Yeah. Ah, I remember God. That. I know. I oh, just, that's so depressing. I can feel that sort of happening uh, now. I am looking at, uh, I mean, I, I want to keep it current by going back to Abraham Lincoln, obviously. Yes. But, um, and I would say it's too soon to joke about him. I'm so yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> I just want to read the first few. Um, lost job, 1832. Defeated for legislator, 1832. Failed at business, 1833. Elected to legislator, 1834. Sweetheart dies, 1835. Had nervous breakdown, 1836. And then what? Defeated for speaker, 1838. Defeated for nomination for Congress, 1843. Elected to Congress, 1846. Lost renomination, 1848. Rejected for land officer, 1849 defeated for Senate. Wait, after all, he was going for a land officer. He and lost. Then he went to Senate defeated for nomination for vice president. 1856 again defeated for Senate. 1858 elected president. 1860. He just, just kept going. 28 years. He just kept going. So mostly a loser. But he did look like that. <laughs> yeah. He looked hot. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that curl he, in the front. He was like. <laughs> <laughs> you had this in your bathroom. Did you find inspiration that was in from your this bathroom? <laughs> I just thought I was so funny. I just as I was, yeah, as I was taking a moment to myself, <laughs> I um, thought about um, him. No, but I do think that there's something sort of just as I've been trying to figure out like where because I feel like there's it's just like an ebb and flow. It's just a constant ebb and flow, and um, I see people around me doing things that I don't really know how to do, like making shit for themselves. Yeah. And it's harder for me and um I have to remind myself like that my successes as an actor aren't necessarily my successes as a human. Right. And yeah. I mean, first of all, I don't believe that. that. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, like that that's what's 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 really disheartening about that is like you can go to a website that is like here are your successes as an actor and also we're ranking it against other people. We're ranking it and people are commenting on it. Yeah. I, I've i never been announced for anything in Deadline. And I like also find it like terrifying if I would ever get announced for anything in Deadline. Because the things that people say on Deadline articles are absolutely scathing. Yes. And I'm like, what is this thing? Like, what is this? Why does this exist? Why is this? A thing that people... I have not been announced in Deadline, but I have learned when I didn't get a part through Deadline. <laughs> Which, uh, like, somebody else was announced. Oh, someone that... Else got yes, announced. someone else was announced. Um, uh, so, Janie, what... Uh, if you had a manager and they were like, yeah. what do you want to do in five years? What would you be 
saying for that? It's a big question, Chris. Let's it do it right time. now. Write it down and make it real. I mean, obviously, like, the dream would be the path of least resistance, which would be to fall into an awesome gig <laughs> that yeah. other right. people have to worry about, like, in terms of its success or reception to audiences. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it, right? When you put it just like that, I literally was like, that's, that's kind of how I always felt you know well, like, that's like the dream, the dream of yeah. like well maybe this will be the one like you see how like like okay like shows that kind of strike a chord like i'm for lack of a better example like succession has really taken off like in popularity yep. and like the buzz around it and those actors seem really at the top of their game i mean those actors seem like they're really just enjoying the the words and one another, I mean, and like it this. is pretty well fucking written. I mean, it's so great. And Kieran Culkin, the shit that comes out of his mouth, I, I oh just keep thinking, is you right? Is that being written for you? Yes, it's, he's so good. He's I love him. I love them all, and like the like something. But those actors, I think, just auditioned for something like they didn't know what was coming you know what i mean yeah, or like right, something yes. like breaking bad or right. you know like these shows have become sort of like huge but people don't know and they they just become like aligned in this pro- a project that somehow strikes a chord with people that seems like i mean there's so much definitely the dream there's so much luck to that right so agreed i i would i was telling chris the last time we were talking i did this show that was fine like i finally felt like oh my god i i i'm playing this character that's so way more three-dimensional than a lot of the shit that i get to play and that i love and i'm so excited about but it and it and i and then it doesn't get received very well on a network that i've never worked for before that's like a fancier network than i you know and it's just sort of like fuck I don't feel like I'm just tired. I kind of want to be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> and then I, I think that, um, but like you had, ho- like you felt like. Sorry, I sorry to interrupt you. No, no. I was just curious. Like you felt like this could be. Well, yeah, you kind of allow yourself become, to think that, like, well, what yeah. if this is the one that kind of allows the door to be open to be not, you know. I, yes. I'm so lucky in so many ways. I have got I get to do a lot of things, but I one of the things that my manager, who I've been with literally now, I mean the things you said were really not. I've been with her since I was 22, so it's wow. been 72 so years. So five five years. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Thank she. You. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so she, one of the things that she's constantly getting on me for is for taking things that are maybe not that good, or not mm. good enough, or don't you know don't quite. This manager sounds like a dream. But like, this manager is thoughtful. I like this person. She's yeah. pretty great. This is a podcast about my manager's the executive producer. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, um, like, she's she's like, what are your career goals? What are your life goals? Also, like, you don't have to take these jobs, even though I'm getting a percentage of these things. <laughs> like, that's it's impressive. It, it really is like in a, in a moment, and but it's it's hard to. Um, I feel like I'm at a real place in my life right now where I'm just like. I mean, I don't know. I think it's really fucking hard. I'm almost yeah. 50 and I love, and I, it's funny because I also had this thought just the other day where I was like, oh my God, I really fucking love what I do. 
so much that I almost am like, I don't really care. Yeah. You know, because it's like, if it doesn't work out the way you want it to, it's like, well, that's fine. It's totally fine. I'm going to go do something else. But it's like, uh-huh. there's a deep part. It's almost like a vulnerability. It's like, I'm afraid to be vulnerable about it. But um, I'm also a little tired of playing some of the same characters, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's an yeah, interesting thing. That's that, fair. Having to go out of town for it and be away from my fam, my daughter who's six and, you know. Oh, yeah. You're in a... It's a weird time. A tender moment. I mean, that's that's a lot to think about. I mean, that's a different thing. Chris, maybe, what may, you... Well, I was going to say that you talked about depersonalizing the fail, the rejection. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. part of that vulnerability is like you have to, I don't know, like you, you end up developing the skin for I'm really, I mean, it's more successful if you are vulnerable, right? And really try to say what you want to do as an artist. But it's also hurts more than when people are like, nah, I'm not really into it. <laughs> um, yeah. And so like the process of like, uh, it is probably a numbers game. It's probably like, how many times can you put yourself out there? But it like, it's almost like it costs you a little bit emotionally every time. I don't know. I also find like, if, you know, looking at the other side of it, when it doesn't work, the things that happen tend to be pretty fucking great. Yeah. Eventually, you know, it, the whatever that like there's this book called wintering that somebody wrote that my friend gave me and the idea of like, <laughs> really, it made a lasting impact apparently. it made a lasting and this author ah oh, her name is her the name idea is of taking like time back when when you you know when you just need to step back and sort of like taking care of yourself and it, it almost feels like ugh, and then you walk out of it and you just feel like something different has like another person, another part aspect of you. Ah, this feels very flowery, but um, another aspect of yourself is sort of like grows in its place. A d- fresh spring bloom comes in after the wintering. I also find like t- it, it, what's so interesting too about being an actor is there is a lot of well, you were discussing luck, right? There's a mm-hmm. lot of luck where if you get aligned with a project that kind of takes off, blah, blah, blah. But there's also this kind of feeling of um, you're at the mercy of some, like you're just at the mercy of opportunity or, you know, like sometimes you see these like shows and there'll be like these behind the scenes interviews and they'll be like, oh, what drew you to this character? And I'm like, God, if I were playing that character and someone said what drew this character, it'd be like, I wanted a job. Like, <laughs> like I needed insurance. I needed like to my agents to finally get some scratch off of believing me for <laughs> right. 10 years or whatever, you know? And it's, it's just so funny to me that people think as an actor, like there's a stage of our career where you know, yes, you can make decisions about material you want to do or not do, but there's also like, there's an element to it of you're just at the mercy. Like if there's certain like trends where they aren't writing for women our age, you know, I mean, I feel like that's changing a little bit right now. Like there are like now I'm seeing awesome characters that I want to, that are inspiring me in the writing side for sure. You know, but for the longest time, like you're saying, you're getting tired of like playing certain characters for the longest time. Like that's all, like all there is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. It's such a strange profession where we feel like not in control sometimes. Recently I was thinking about, you know, 
this thing of creating your own work, which is something mm-hmm. everybody says. It's like, you know what? You got an iPhone in your pocket. You should be making your own movies or whatever. Oh, I hate those people. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, that's the kind I, of I try to rearrange those people. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I was thinking about was how, uh, like, if I want to make my own work, my yeah. instinct is to be like, well, I'll just like produce a play because like I know what to do to like put a play on. I guess find a venue, like all the steps along the way I've done before, but like actually the steps of like making a short film are like, I've been peripheral to them, but like, I haven't gone and raised money. I haven't, you know, it's hired a D hired a DP. Yeah. Rented the red camera, whatever. Yeah. All the stuff that all the producing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole side of that that requires a, a skill like that some that an entirely separate profession of producing right i i think that's kind of it's like okay if it was i mean yes you can go make a movie on your own you can go make tangerine which is shot on an iphone right except like you know well, like you i went to, in, in, or, it would help to go to film school well yeah. but also you're kind of saying like like yeah like so i guess producers aren't a job if you're saying that like yeah you know like there's a whole guild of producers that are like we are a job like we are a separate skill i i will say you know when you say like you've got a phone in your pocket i think part of me the problem is that i am like yeah i know i just uh, the idea the steps that it would take to get there make me want to like pull my hairs out one by one or and i i do um it's also make, sit, having the discipline to sit down and actually know how to use the time to get oneself there. I, you know, for me, it's just like I spent recently, I was like, I've been on many, many sets in my life and I only am just recently like, like what does this, what does, what is the shot list? What are all of the elements of it? I should be, I should know how to, I can just sit and watch, but I haven't. Only really recently are you like, someone brought me this food. I should learn their name. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why would I need to learn their name? That's what's holding you back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, I, you know, when people are like, you should make fo- uh, films because you have an iPhone in your pocket. It's like, you know, Stanley Kubrick didn't have this equipment in his pocket. But also Stanley Kubrick's uh, camera didn't also have Twitter on it. And yeah. you, couldn't, you couldn't play Wordle on Stanley Kubrick's camera. I defy I him to know, make maybe. 2001. Yeah. Uh, well, also, like, it, it's also like, oh, just make your own work or whatever, because that is an annoying thing to say, because, like, are you basically just saying, like, I should just create a showcase for myself, or should I have some sort of artistic impulse mm-hmm. that's actually pure mm-hmm. and organic and bring something better to the world? Yeah, what do you have to back say? To showca- back to showcasing. Back to showcasing. Um I, I feel like this podcast is showcasing. All <laughs> I mean, this is our showcase. First this of all, we established like this. this. Yeah. The, uh, this podcast is our showcase. We're going to do an adult showcase. Mm-hmm. This podcast is going to get us a series. Yes. This is our Second, series. we established that the pandemic is a podcast. Mm-hmm. I think that was a good. The pandemic is a podcast. It's just a big podcast. Um, like, Janie, where are you at these days? Like, how are you feeling about acting these days? Like, I, I feel we've t- sort of talking about, like, it's draining in a certain way. It's fun in a certain way. Um, what's your relationship sorry, to it I'm like right plugging now? In, I'm trying to plug in my, my laptop real quick. Um, well, what is my relationship to acting right now? So, um, 
I I still think it's fun. Like I still think like like I have gotten not a lot, but a couple auditions lately where um where I'm like, "Oh, this would be really fun." But on the other hand, I do feel um and maybe I'm wrong, um that there's a crushing competitiveness to any of these parts that people are able that, that technology has opened the door for them to see like 5,000 candidates. (laughs) Exactly. For like, you know, whatever, like a recurring guest star or whatever. And now I'm like, well, it was already competitive before, but then, uh, and things were sort of changing where people could self tape prior to the pandemic. Then the pandemic happened and then they were like, well, everyone can self tape and they can self tape from anywhere in the world. Yeah. And they're sending stuff in. So I don't know. I feel I feel a little lost in it. I feel a little like I'm doing stuff in a vacuum sometimes. This, I don't get feedback. I don't I don't know what's I either get a part, I either get a job, or I just move on to the next. And there's no sense of connection with gatekeepers anymore. This well, that's actually something I thought I, I sorry. That's something I didn't realize when I came to Los Angeles was how much you have relationships with like human relationships with like the people in the casting room that sort of advance over the years where you're like, Oh, I know this person and they feel more comfortable recommending you because you've shown over the years that you're not crazy (laughs) and that you can, and you can represent them well by putting a good audition. And they become sort of like an ally to like, they They advocate for you. There's there's also something about being in the room, too, walking in and that energy that you have. Like, there isn't a a chance to, like, redo it. Like, I'm I'm not going to just choose the best take. I'm going to go in and do it. And, like, there's an an energy that you have with the people. I mean, obviously, you don't see the people in the waiting room anymore, which did sometimes really, like, suck (laughs) your fucking soul. Yeah, that that was a mixed bag. Real mixed bag. I'd like to give a shout out to all of the mothers and fathers that I would see in waiting rooms where they would just leave a young child in the waiting room as they go do their audition and have someone else just watch them. I always thought I've that been was that person. You, You've been the person watching? I've been that person that's like, they're like, will you look up to my kid? I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, whatever. I kind of like it. I always liked that. I thought it was, I just thought it was courageous. It was a nice distraction. But I, but I would think, <laughs> I would think going in with if I brought my kid, I would either it would either be the I mean, maybe it would be the great because you could you couldn't really focus on anything really until the moment you walked in the room. So maybe it would. Right. Yeah, that's true. Things so you did you weren't you weren't really in your head. But I was like a, a waiting room person that kind of uh, that kind of and thus is probably annoying in retrospect, where I kind of enjoyed like. Talk, talking to talk, people small talk like the small talk like if it happened around me like uh-huh. like okay i mean i guess it depend it kind of like it depend on the circumstance like if it was like a commercial audition or whatever i didn't care if, if it was like a big tv audition yeah maybe i'd be like more focused in kind of thing but right but otherwise talk, you're slapping people's sides out of their hands being like what's up Hey. I'm Janie. Hey, what's up? Janie's yeah, yeah. in the house. <laughs> I'm here, you bitches. Are we reading for the same part? How fun. I love um, I was like, I when, you, when like, you leave and you're like, all right, good luck, guys. Good luck to everybody. Nice to see you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. It depends. Unless somebody was like being really ironic about it. 
Most of the time, it's not ironic, I will say. I like an ironic waiting room person. Yeah, you really <laughs> do. I feel like you probably are an ironic waiting room person. I, I hope I could bring the irony in the waiting room. I hope I, I hope Like, you that can would bring be my. Yeah, when we're back in waiting rooms again, I'm going to try that on for size. Like, I'm going to be, like, super ironic and see if, like, it brightens people's day. I have found in Los Angeles, <laughs> generally, there's a lot of times that you think you're being ironic and people take you at face value. <laughs> oh, God. You know? Well, that's probably, that's funny. <laughs> um, so, Janie, the stay of yeah. Homekins is, is going great. I'm yes. definitely getting the Piggly Wiggly sweatshirt. Please do. Please check out our merch at kinshipgoods.com. Please subscribe to our podcast, Stay F. Homekins. You can find it anywhere you get podcasts. It drops once a month now. We're just down to, it's like not a huge commitment. Yeah. So, I love that. Not like this. This podcast comes right? out every, every day. Twice a day. Every twice day. a day. Oh, twice a day. <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs> That's how much day. check-in we need for our and actor egos. We actually egos. need you um, later to come back and do another <laughs> Right, wow. to do part two. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna all do it from the tub seriously yeah, from the tub. i'm oh, in okay also i love janie on twitter oh, uh thank you. also i mean i was gonna say can we follow you on twitter but also i want to mention that um janie is part of a small i would call cabal of people that i like to text occasionally when i'm frustrated politically <laughs> yes i appreciate that i love when you text me also you recommend things to me too like books and shows and stuff and i like that I, yeah i, I, I just what's your uh, twitter handle janie it's at Janie Haddad, J A N I E H A D D A D. That's so many Give D's me a and follow. A's and D's. I'm doing it right now. I know I got a lot of A's and D's. Give me a follow. I'll follow you back, girl. Yeah, let's get Janie mean, a follow. Come on, <laughs> um, uh, Janie. Is there anything else we should like follow you play or projects we should look at or? Um, I I have a tiny one day role coming up in um. The second season of Made for Love on HBO Max. Oh. Um, so please yes. check it out. I don't even know when season two drops, but this is a good opportunity for people to check out season one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's like kind of like a dystopian, dark comedy, romantic com- comedy, I guess. Comedic, dark, dystopian, romantic thing. I also see um, Dick Town. <laughs> Looks like you got, you're in an episode of oh, Dick do? Town. Yes, I am. Oh, you're right. Some. I need to announce Dicktown is coming mm-hmm. out. Season two of Dicktown, which is an animated, uh, uh, an animated comedy, um, more like adult tweens can enjoy it. Uh, adult adults and tweens. It's not really for kids, but it's on FXX mm-hmm. and then also on Hulu. So check out season one of Dicktown and then get ready for season two, which drops on March. Are, 3rd. Now, are you in both both seasons? I'm assuming. I am in both seasons, but. Um, one episode in season one and one episode in season two, and I reprise my role in season two. Very and so I feel like we, excited. we also need to just add, we haven't really gone over, like, what is what are some, I know we're leaving. Maybe we can put this at the beginning. Like, what are your, <laughs> some, some of your favorite things that, like, that you've I mean, gotten to work I don't on, know. other than this podcast? That's a good. Other than know. this podcast, which will go at the top of your IMDb. 100%. I just, I got to work on, um... Well, Comedy Bang Bang, the TV show, mm-hmm. I got to be a part of. And that was fun because it's like people I know, yeah. like in the comedy scene. So that was like a fun and welcoming place to to do stuff. Like I felt part of the cool kids. Yeah, I, I think say. being part of the cool kids is... If you get to be part of the cool kids, it's like sometimes it's better than like something that pays you well. <laughs> ah. 
I will say that this Dicktown show seems cool kidsy. It does. Definitely Dicktown show is cool kidsy because it's created by John Hodgman and David Reese and they're kind of like cerebral comedy cool cool dudes. Yes, you know? they, they are amazing. I, you know I, that whole thing? I got to be in the intro to a John Hodgman pilot once. And got you to, did. Got to me, in the like little montage part. And also I've been a friend of David Reese's for a long time. Oh, yeah. Well, the North Carolina connection, right? Oh, I don't know, because he used to have this comic called Get Your War On from oh. a long time ago. Super political, like really interesting. Uh, I mean, I love his work. He's, he's he's one of the first people I saw take like clip art cartoon figures and do a lot of like very funny, witty, yeah. text-based cartoons, if that makes sense. I don't know. He's yeah. Great. So you're part. You're. I'm saying you're one of the cool kids. You're very cool. I guess I'm. I'm claiming that I am. I'm just claiming it. <laughs> so Janie, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. You both are delightful. I love that this uh, conversation around acting and uh, well, any acting and and anything and how it goes into anything is happening. So and we might do a, th- a three way with you later tonight if that's okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is all preamble. I was gonna say this is a good podcast to send to your family that doesn't understand acting when they ask yes. you questions. But most importantly, let's get you and Missy on a South Carolina trip very soon. Okay. Missy, I'm there with I you, girl. I'm ready. I'm gonna get um, a, a splitter for the um, our earbuds, and we can watch a movie together on the plane. <laughs> go go get yourself some pralines or whatever they're called <laughs> some boiled peanuts boiled or boiled something. peanuts a yeah country boil or something little country boil that's us okay well thank you thank, thank you, you so much okay bye okay Bye. You've been listening to Freelance Pretend with Missy Pyle and Chris Grace. This show is a production of Invisible Treats, and today's episode was edited by Eric Michaud. The intro music is Happy Guitars by Ilya Truhanov, with vocals by Chris Grace. And the outro music is Cabana by Peter Spacey, both courtesy of Artlist.io. You can reach us on email at freelancepretend at gmail.com, and we'll see you next time.